hello, and welcome to another episode of Power of Ten Game. This is episode 51. I'm your host, Michael, and I am joined with, as always, my main man, Taylor. Taylor, how's it going, buddy? Man, I am doing pretty good. We, well, I don't want to say pretty good, because we're going to bring up something today that we haven't wanted to talk about in weeks, but we got to talk about it. It's in the news, so we're, we're going to talk about Xbox and Activision Blizzard. But other than that, I'm doing pretty good. Well, I can say we're both doing much better than Activision and Xbox right now. Oh, yeah. But uh, with that said, let's go ahead and get to what's on the docket for today. The UK has blocked that Xbox-Activision Blizzard deal. However, this whole saga seems far from over, unfortunately. Remy has provided an update on their upcoming slate of games, including Alan Wake 2. Respawn's Vince Zimpella was recently asked about a potential Titanfall 3. Star Wars Jedi Survivor is getting a lot of negative reviews on Steam. We'll go over why that is and the general reception around the game. And we'll close out our show by pitching three ideas for a Star Wars game that, if we had full total control and unlimited budget, we'd like to make. Alright Taylor, how about you go ahead and take away with our stories of the week. Don't mind if I do, Michael. And real quick, we do want to say that you can find sources for any of the topics we're going over today down in the description of this episode. We do that to give up proper credit. And if any listeners want to read further about the topics we cover. Getting into our first story of the week, of course, it's the Xbox at Division Blizzard deal. Which, as many people who have listened to this show before already know, is my favorite topic to talk about. It's right up there with celebrity scandals. Anyway, the UK's Competition and Market Authority, or the CMA, has blocked the Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard. As to why they blocked it, here's what the regulator had to say regarding the decision. Quote, The CMA has prevented Microsoft's proposed purchase of Activision over concerns the deal would alter the future of fast-growing cloud gaming market, leading to reduced innovation and less chance for UK gamers over the years to come. The final decision to prevent the deal comes after Microsoft's proposed solution failed to effectively address the concerns in the cloud gaming sector outlined in the Competition and Markets Authorities, CMAs, provisional findings published in February. Microsoft entered a... $68.7 billion deal to buy Activision, one of the most popular video game publishers in the world, in January 2022. The CMA launched an in-depth review of the deal in September 2022, and in February 2023 provisionally found that the merger could make Microsoft even stronger in cloud gaming, stifling competition in this growing market. Microsoft has a strong position in the cloud gaming services, and the evidence available to the CMA showed that Microsoft would find it commercially beneficial to make Activision's games exclusive to its own cloud gaming service. Microsoft already accounts for an estimated 60 to 70% of global cloud gaming services and other important strengths in cloud gaming from owning Xbox, the leading PC operating system, Windows and a global cloud computing infrastructure, Azure and Xbox Cloud Gaming. 
The deal would reinforce Microsoft's advantage in the market by giving it control over important con- gaming content such as Call of Duty, Overwatch, and World of Warcraft. The evidence available to the CMA indicates that, absent the merger, Activision would start providing games via cloud platforms in the foreseeable future. The cloud allows UK gamers to avoid buying expensive gaming consoles and PCs and gives them much more flexibility and choice as to how they play. Allowing Microsoft to take such a strong position in the cloud gaming market, just as it begins to grow rapidly, would risk undermining the innovation that is crucial to the development of these opportunities. End quote. Ooh, sadly, I'm nowhere near close to finishing up this story. Microsoft has already announced that they will be appealing this decision. So, sadly, it seems that the CMA decision is less of a final decision that approves or blocks the deal, and instead, it feels like another plot twist in this seemingly never-ending story that has been the focus of the gaming news industry ever since the deal was first announced in January 2022. Most recently, Bloomberg reported that the head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, has spoken to staff regarding the CMA decision. Here's what the Bloomberg report had to say. Quote, Spencer told staffers that Microsoft President Brad Smith was up at 2 a.m. Seattle time Wednesday drafting a response to the UK Competition and Markets Authority. He said Chief Financial Officer Amy Hood, who oversees the acquisitions, held a senior leadership meeting the same day. The Xbox chief said the acquisition was intended to speed up Microsoft gaming plans, but doesn't represent the entirety of the game company's gaming strategy, which would move ahead even without Activision, the person said, end quote. And lastly, it's not all bad news this week for Microsoft regarding this potential deal. Ukraine's competition regulator has actually approved the Xbox Activision Blizzard deal. I could be, I would be remiss actually to not point out that we are both saddened by this news, not because either of us were strongly wanting it to go through or wanting it to get blocked, but we're both hoping that this saga would be done by now. So, (laughs) knowing that we now have a long way to go, what are your thoughts on all this? Yeah, uh, so this thing could get pushed through 2024 because the appeal uh, is going to take a long while uh and from what i've uh looked up and found out uh the uk cma doesn't usually reverse their uh their appeals or their uh their rulings so this is just an uphill battle in the steepest of slopes for microsoft and xbox right now um it doesn't mean that they still can't buy out Activision Blizzard, whether it's slowly or all at once, it just means that they won't be able to operate uh, Activision Blizzard within the UK. And the UK, as we know, is a pretty big deal when it comes to video games. Uh, anytime you see it's a massive charts, market, it's always the UK. Yeah, it's a massive market. Anytime you see sales for games, it's usually from the UK because the UK is actually pretty open uh, about those kind of things. You know, they they actually publish out those kind of things. Uh, Japan does too. With Fumitsu, Fumitsu, I forget their name. Uh, so yeah, it's not like Microsoft can't still buy them out. I guess it'd be seen as kind of like a hostile buyout at that point. Uh, I'm no financial expert, by the way. Uh, it's just having all 
of the wait, regulators. Wait, Did you say uh, you're not or you are? I'm not. Okay. Just want to be clear there. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm no financial expert. Uh, I, don't, I understand a little bit about this stuff. And I know that getting approval means you can operate within that uh, that region. And if the UK doesn't make approvals, and if Microsoft hypothetically still ends up taking either a large chunk of Activision Blizzard or buys them out completely, it's going to cause some problems between them and the regulators in the UK, uh, which could limit sales. I don't know how they would handle that if Microsoft slash Xbox decided that, yeah, we're going to go uh, through this anyway and either buy them out slowly uh, bit by bit or buy them out all at once. Which I, I think if this doesn't go through, we will start to see Microsoft kind of slowly buy out Activision Blizzard. So my theory, to kind of butt in, my theory no, no, here is if this deal doesn't go through, ultimately, I get the feeling Xbox is going to be spending money with smaller publishers. I mean, they're doing that already, so it wouldn't. It well, wouldn't I'm saying the Ubisofts, the CD Projekt Reds. And even I could see an EA. I really could. I, I mean, those three alone, I could see them going like, well, okay, if we can't get Activision Blizzard, we'll get one of the other ones. Because I know a lot of people are also saying, well, you know, why, why doesn't Xbox just focus on making their own games? You know, that's a valid point. I get you. I know what Xbox, like, they've already explained, like, why they did this deal. It seems that they're dead set on doing it in some kind of way. They're dead set on getting a big acquisition. Yeah, they're trying to pad out uh, their uh, their IPs so that way when they do start doing more cloud gaming services, you know, they have more more uh, bargaining power with other companies. And that's the thing. You know, you have the Call of Duties and the Halo. Like, yeah, you have, you have bargaining power. That's like, hey, do you want Game Pass on your on your cloud service? Oh, absolutely. Well, if you want that, you know you're going. You know, if you get Game Pass on your cloud system, you're also going to get Call of Duty and World of Warcraft and Overwatch and Halo and all these big games on your service. Yeah, that gives Microsoft slash Xbox a lot of bargaining power when it comes to a lot of these uh, cloud gaming companies. And yeah, they're gonna want they're gonna want that ten year deal. And that's where that's where this whole thing is going to come in from. You know, they're going to get big acquisitions like Activision Blizzard and Bethesda and Zenimax, and that's going to give them bargaining power to where they can set the price. It's like, well, we want five hundred million. It's like, okay, well, here you go because I really want this on my service. Uh, Nvidia is set to uh, work with Microsoft. Microsoft actually, after this happened, reached a ten-year deal with a. UK streaming service, uh, I forget their name, unfortunately, uh, they uh, just entered a 10-year deal with Microsoft uh, to use their cloud services too. So it's not like Microsoft is actually saying like, oh, no, we're going, air quotes, to put these things on. They're like, no, we're going to because that gives us bargaining power. We, want, we, we know that our games aren't selling like that. We know the Xbox itself isn't selling as well as that PlayStation. Or heck, even the uh, the switch. So we need to find new ways to make money, and you can make money off of licensing. If they find all these different uh, streaming services that want the Game Pass on their services, yeah, they're gonna pay up. They're, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna pay for those licensing rights for Game Pass, so that way they can get Call of Duty and Halo. 
Uh, so this is more than just Microsoft saying that, oh, no, we're going to make this exclusive to our streaming service. Like, no, we're going to make Call of Duty available on Game Pass so we can sell it to other services while also making money off of the microtransactions because that's where the big money is going to be. Uh, so I think that's what Microsoft is really trying to do. I think the UK CMA is wrong on this, not for the fact that they think it's going to harm competition. Uh, the more logical and reasonable sense would be that it gives Xbox a lot of bargaining power. I'm just disappointed. Not that the deal got blocked, but just everything that happened afterwards. I honestly felt a little relieved by, oh, it got blocked. You know, bit of a bummer as an Xbox player, but I thought it was over. And I'm just done. This is going to be another fucking year of this. I'm all for it. I don't know if I can make it. (laughs) Well, you have no choice, buddy, because Microsoft is not going to stop until they actually get Activision Blizzard or they go broke trying to get Activision Blizzard. And with the amount of money Microsoft has, I don't think the latter is going to happen, buddy. Well, I mean, the sad part is, is I expected a story along this magnitude for me to have a lot more thoughts on it. For me to have like a, oh yeah, here's my, I just, I feel like it's just irrelevant. Well, because this thing has been dragging on. Not only is it dragging on for the past year, but I feel like instead of this being a, okay, there's going to be an appeals process or whatever, it just, it feels like a pit stop in this whole process. This doesn't feel like what everybody thought it was going to be, which is, oh, it gets approved or it gets blocked. This, just, anything I say feels like it's going to be irrelevant six months from now, because then something else is going to happen. It's going to be crazy. And so my, I guess, my take if I have to have a take here, is I'm just going to wait and see. Alright, I'm just going to wait and see. This is not the end of this potential acquisition somehow, and I guess we'll see next year (laughs) if it ultimately goes through or gets blocked. And then, again, like I was saying, if it does get blocked, what does Xbox do then? Do they go with something like Michael was saying, which is they just continue to slowly try to by the Activision Blizzard company, or do they go in another, another direction entirely because they paid a lot of money for Activision Blizzard, and if they can't buy it, that's still a lot of money that they can spend. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, and unfortunately, uh, I think we will be hearing more about this for the next year. So, this is like a warm-up. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, now it feels, if you thought Xbox and Sony were getting a little bitter towards one another, I think now we're about to see a lot of angry people here in the next year between Xbox, Sony, the CMA. I have a feeling this is just going to get pretty bitter between all sides. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, But the thing is, I'm I'm thinking with Sony having to deal with uh, Activision Blizzard with Call of Duty, I'm kind of wondering how they're going retali- well, to retaliate, but like show their disapproval for how bad Sony was really against this deal. Oh, it's fucking awkward, ain't it? Oh, no, man. It's, 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 it's going to be all business for them. But when it comes down to probably renewing the deal, I wonder if they're going to go towards Xbox again and try to make a deal with Xbox. I don't know. It feels like it got more complicated. Right it's now. ridiculous. 
I don't know how that happened. But uh, let's go ahead and move on to a less complicated story. And that is Remedy giving an update on several of their games. Michael, that last story took a lot out of me. I'm going to be honest. Can you take this one for me? Can you take the reins? Yeah, sure thing, Taylor. No problem. Remedy gives update on several games. In a financial report, Remedy has provided an update on several games the studio is working on, and my goodness, is it a bunch of them. First up was Alan Wake 2. Quote, Alan Wake 2 is on its way to becoming a great game. It has everybody excited at Remedy. We have started the last major phase of full production to get the game ready for launch later this year. End quote. Control 2. Quote, Control 2, which moved into the proof of concept stage in January, has progressed well. During the first quarter, the development team focused on world building and gameplay mechanics. End quote. They also talked about Codename Condor, saying, quote, Codename Condor, a cooperative multiplayer game in the world of Control, has continued its steady progress in the proof of concept stage. We have been able to prove key design for gameplay and have found new ways to use existing assets and locations from the world of the original Control, end quote. Codename Vanguard. Quote, Codename Vanguard being a free-to-play cooperative game is a new type of game for Remedy. The game is in the proof-of-concept stage. New key hires at the, at the end of last year have resulted in better momentum for the project and its leadership team has been strengthened. But there's still much to be done. We have especially focused on the core gameplay, the game's core loop, and meta game designs. End quote. And of course, Max Payne 1 and 2 Remake, saying, quote, Max Payne 1 and 2 Remake has progressed well, and during the first quarter, the project moved into the proof-of-concept stage. The development team has worked efficiently in proving the key elements of what Max Payne is all about and in bringing the game in high quality to today's consoles and PCs. We expect the project to keep advancing well, and with that, the team's size will expand gradually towards end year. End quote. So Taylor, did anything that was talked about in the financial report catch your eye? I know that a lot of this, and we're going to leave a link to an Insider Gaming article as well, and they made the joke too, that like, uh, there's a lot of proof of concept talk here in this financial report but the thing that really caught my eye was alan wake 2 that it's scheduled to release this year which i find very interesting i don't know about you so i'm a big max Payne fan i love max Payne 1 2 and 3 uh so i've been waiting for max Payne remake since they announced it for like ever and that's the one i'm waiting for the most not really sure about condor I, I, I like I liked Control, didn't really love it, but I liked Control. Uh, I don't really think that's the thing that needs multiplayer. That's That was kind of strange to me. And then just to find out that they're working on another co-op multiplayer game, uh, only free to play with Vanguard. That is a little interesting to me, because we talk about it all the time, because free to play, it could either be really fun, or... Yeah, it's mostly a miss so far from what we've seen yeah. from so, so, so many games. Um, it's just, Remedy is known for their story, so I'm kind of interested in how they're going to do that. But Vanguard sounds like something that was set in the Alan Wake 
world. So I don't know if Vanguard is going to be a brand new IP for them, or if they're going to use one of their existing worlds. Because they didn't mention that. Uh, Control 2, I'm looking forward to. Not excited, but looking forward to it. Uh, because I think Control was interesting. Uh, but yeah, the one, the main thing I'm looking forward to is Alan Wake 2. I've been waiting for Alan Wake 2 forever. I yeah. love the first Alan Wake. Uh, who who like, hasn't? Who has played oh, Alan Wake they, and is not excited for a sequel? Uh, come in, come on now. I'm sure there's plenty of people who's like, well, it wasn't that good. But uh, yeah, Fair I point. bought Fair the, point. <laughs> I bought the uh, special edition of Alan Wake way back when, when it first came out. That's how excited I was for a Remedy game. Despite it was being a new IP, I went out and I bought the special edition that came with the book and the game. It was just, it was so cool to see. I was like, my God, I really miss when games did that, when they put effort into the special editions. Now everything's just digital deluxe where you get a new costume or some crap. It's lame. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to Alan Wake 2. That's my most anticipated for all of this, including with Max Payne 1 and 2. If I had to choose just one of their games that they're coming out with, I'm taking Alan Wake 2, and I'm running with it. I hope they have a really cool special edition for Alan Wake 2. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Alan Wake 2 is something I've been excited for since Alan Wake 1. And oh, yeah, especially the ending. Yeah, especially with the ending. But it's one of those things to where you mentioned, like, if I had to pick one game out of this lineup, I'd pick Alan Wake 2. I'm right there with you, too, because yeah, I think also Alan Wake's the game that's been sitting there as the cult classic. It's waited its time. It deserves a sequel. If anything here like needs a new game, it's Alan Wake. And I say this knowing how many Max Payne fans there are. I'm putting myself in the crosshairs there. I know, but... <laughs> I'm sure Max Payne fans would be like, oh, that's blasphemy. But hey, guys, seriously, if you played Alan Wake, you'd understand why. Eric, we got our, we got our Max Payne trilogy, all right? Now, can we please get Alan Wake 2? Uh, which, by the way, did you play Alan Wake's uh, American Nightmare? I haven't. I have heard next things about it. It's not bad. If, yeah, it, 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 if you like the uh, action parts of Alan Wake, it's more of that. Uh, which, okay, that's kind of cool because it's was, it was, it was supposed to be arcade Uh I still feel like it should have been like an add-on to uh, the original Alan Wake, but I also understand why they separated them because of the story. So, yeah, if you ever get a chance, try it out. Uh, Alan Wake's uh, American Nightmare. Pretty sure it works on the Series X, but I don't think it's on Game Pass. Uh, there's some weird licensing thing because Microsoft published Alan Wake and Alan Wake's American Nightmare, but just like with Mass Effect, I don't think they have the rights to that anymore. But the reason I put this on here, other than you know, it is gaming news that is pretty like notable, is because I'm very excited about Remedy, man. Remedy's one of the underrated gaming developers, I think, out there. I don't think everything they create are bangers. I think they've had some misses. But something I've always enjoyed about Remedy is they seem very creative, and they seem like they're always trying something that's outside the norm. You look at something like Quantum Break, for example, that was trying to be this like hybrid between television and video games. Was that great? No. I don't How dare you? I thought it was great. And now, I thought it was decent, but I didn't think it was, like, outstanding. But at the same time, I could look at the idea, the concept that they were trying to go for, and go, that's, you know what, 
respect there because you could do an easy by the numbers game all the time, and it never seems like Remedy does that with Alan Wake with Control and these code name games here. The multiplayer control game, I'm not really that excited for that because I haven't played Control. I've heard great things, but I don't really have an attachment to it. But that Vanguard game, I am intrigued to see what that ends up being. It could easily be something that's like, oh, that wasn't that big of a deal at all. But with Remedy at the helm, I'm curious to see what they actually do because we talk about free-to-play games, and we talked about it earlier. Like, There's so many of them out there. What's Remedy's spin on it? Because they don't make things by the numbers. Yeah, and that's why I'm kind of interested in what they're going to do with the free-to-play co-op thing. If it's going to be set in their universe of like Alan Wake or or Max Payne, because if it's a if it's if it's a free-to-play Max Payne uh, multiplayer, like oh wait, no, I think uh, Take Two owns Max Payne now. I think they do. Mm, yeah, so that's not gonna. Well, well, that goes that theory is not gonna be anything related to Max Payne. That's a real shame. You know what I mean, though. Like Remedy are they're so creative over there to where it's even something like a free to play multiplayer game. You look at it and go, I'm not like super excited, but well, I'm interested to see what they're gonna do with it. Yeah, and I think this is more than I know how much you love concept art, but. I think something like this is on the same level, if not just a hair above something like concept art, because it does feel like we got a little bit of information, even though it, the brain, the proof of concept thing, everything seems to be in the concept phase over here. But even so, it feels like we're getting a little bit like a nugget of information. That's like, all right, I can latch onto that. We can have a conversation about a few of these games. Yeah. I don't really care for concept anything uh proof of concept <laughs> understand why they announced it in their financial report just let them know like hey we're working on a bunch of stuff so you can leave us alone uh everything's in proof of concept which means it's going to take years before you even hear anything about this ever again so here you go shut up we're busy so i get that uh but i'm kind of glad that they kept it kind of mum uh so that way people are like oh my god i got all these theories it's just Look, we're working on a couple of multiplayer, co-op multiplayer things. We're working on Alan Wake 2. We're working on Max Payne 1 and 2. All right, what else do you want from us? Like, there. You know that we're super busy, and that's why you're not going to hear from us until we come out of our cave in three years. Yeah, I, I totally get it. And easily, I think, headlining all of these, I don't want to say announcements, because they're not announcements, but uh, I guess all these games here that, Remedy talked about in their financial report is Alan Wake 2, which is releasing later this year. Alan Wake 2 being the long-awaited sequel to the first Alan Wake, which released so many years ago, and fans of a certain franchise over at EA and Respawn have been waiting on a sequel for a few years now as well, and that is Titanfall. People have been wanting Titanfall 3 for a while, Michael, including yourself. So while speaking with Barons, Respawn's Vince Zampella was asked if Titanfall 3 was a possibility for the studio. Zampella responded, quote, We're not working on anything currently. I hate to say yes, then people latch on to that. And then you skewer and then skewer you when it doesn't come. 
but I would love to see it happen is the real answer, end quote. Zampella continued, It has to be the right thing. It's such a beloved franchise for the fans and also for us. If it is not the right moment in time, the right idea, then it just doesn't make sense, end quote. So to reiterate what Zampella just said here, He'd like to make it happen, but it would have to be a right place, right time kind of scenario here. And there is nothing in the works regarding Titanfall 3 at this time. However, this is a podcast, Michael. Let's recklessly speculate. What are your thoughts on this story? Do you think we're getting ever so closer to eventually seeing a third Titanfall game? And what do you think will be the right place, right time, right idea situation? I'm tired, man. Like you with the whole Activision thing, I'm tired. I don't care anymore. I'm, I'm sick of hearing about Titanfall 3 not coming out. Uh, I became bummed when they were like, oh yeah, something Titanfall related is coming to Apex. I was like, cool, you're going to do something and mix both Titanfall and Apex together. Probably a new limited time mode or some crap. So you can experiment with putting Titans and uh, pilots into uh, Apex with its own mode. Just for it to be like, yeah, this one character and this one gun from Titanfall is coming to, to Apex. Like, oh, wow. After that, I kind of gave up on him. I don't care anymore. I'm sick, of, I'm sick of Vince talking about Titanfall 3 and Titanfall 3 not coming out anytime soon. And them not working on it. And I'm sure he's sick of people asking him about it. So I don't care anymore. I've, I've come to the point to where Titanfall 3 is not going to happen. And you know what? They're making too much money on uh, Apex Legends. Uh, Vince is now overlooking Battlefield. And I'm pretty sure even Medal of Honor, if EA wants to do that again. So this guy has his plate full. I don't think his priority is Titanfall related right now. And instead, it's how do I get Battlefield back on track? And how do we keep Apex fresh? How do you get Battlefield back on track? Combine it with Titanfall. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) (laughs) I wish. But no, obviously Vince is moving on to other things. Uh, And if somebody else does come in and do Titanfall 3, I'm going to be kind of meh about it. I don't believe that one bit. I feel like your entire spiel, this entire tired rant that you're going on here. I'm tired. I feel like this is you in denial. (laughs) I hope so. You are in denial because I have a feeling (laughs) if one of these days... What I'm just throwing out this what if scenario here because I'm not trying to do exactly what Vince Ampella said there in that quote and latch on to it. If there is a right place, right time scenario, if that just so happens, if everything lines up and we get Respawn or EA or somebody doing a Titanfall 3 and it gets announced, I doubt, I cast doubt, hit the X button and everything, that you will be like, eh. Because I get the feeling we'd come on this show and you'd be like, dude, I'm fucking pumped. We're getting Titanfall 3. I just, I cannot believe that if that were to happen, you would be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, man, like I said, I'm tired. I get where uh, you're coming from, though. Yeah, and this whole right place, right time thing. Look, the right, pl- the right place, the right time is when Apex was at, no pun intended, at, the, at its peak when it was up there. Uh, when you had a chance to bring in Titanfall, even if it was just a free-to-play uh, multiplayer game, all right? Even if you weren't going to bring back the amazing single player, you could have done that. Uh, you you, you could have, in fact, you could even update Titanfall 2 with everything you learned from Apex. 
and like, okay, Titanfall 2 is becoming free to play. We're going to do this massive update to bring players back in. Uh, we're going to do a thing to where Apex meets Titanfall since they, they're in the same universe, obviously in the same universe. Uh, so that way you can get both Apex and Titanfall at once. Do something interesting with it, but instead it was just, oh yeah, we're going to have uh, a person from Titanfall in a cutscene to introduce more playable characters in Apex. Wow, that's that's awesome. So I'm sorry, man. I've been bummed out too many times preparing for them to announce something cool with Titanfall. Whether it's updating Titanfall 2, whether it's Titanfall Mobile, whether it's free-to-play Titanfall, whether it's Titanfall 3, something, please. I'm tired. It's just whatever, man. Just like Vince. I'm not going to latch on to this anymore. I'm, just like you with the Activision Blizzard deal, I'm over this. I still don't believe don't, you. Don't, but don't don't give me hope. Don't give me hope. I still don't believe you. But besides the point, <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I do get before we move on. I I do get where Vince Sampello is coming from. Because for one, when he was talking about like, yeah, don't latch on to this. Like he would like to. Like he would like to do it. But there is the reality of the situation, right? Apex Legends is a money maker for them. So I get where Zampel is coming from. Like it, you're over here. You got this success. You got so many projects. Respawn is growing. Like we'll talk about Respawn later. That's the thing with Star Wars Jedi. Like this is a developer that is growing more and more. You talked about Vince Zampella is also overseeing Battlefield. There's a lot of stuff going on here. A lot of moving parts. And as much as everybody does love Titanfall. Titanfall was not a moneymaker. Would Titanfall 3 be a moneymaker? In my opinion, I think it would be. No. <sighs> I think it would. With all now the like the build up here, I think it would be. It just now maybe they do the same problem Titanfall 2 had and release it in a horrible time slot. Which which also played Titanfall 1. Yeah. Um but I, I think the problem is that they're kind of afraid that they might take away from their apex, uh, uh, which followers. again is understandable because it's how much money they're making from it. Yeah, exactly. And you know, Titanfall three might have them dip a little bit in uh, in Apex Legends, and you know, like 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 we mentioned before, Titanfall one and two are putting some bad slots. Uh, they didn't make money. They got a cult following, like myself. Uh, but would it be enough to justify a part putting the money into a part three? That's that's gonna be the big thing. Is it worth investing and potentially taking away a a chunk, even a small chunk, of players from Apex Legends? And that goes back to what Vince Sampella said here in this Barron's interview: is like, if it if they're going to event, if just in this hypothetical, if they're ever going to eventually do this, it's got to be the right kind of game, at the right kind of time, in the right place. Like, it's got to be a perfect storm. So, I get where Respawn's coming from. I get why fans of Titanfall are sitting there going like, where's Titanfall 3? Come on, give us what we want. I see both sides here. And I see where somebody like Michael, who's like, I've heard this so long, and I'm just tired of it. I still don't believe you when, like, if there's ever a Titanfall <laughs> 3 and you go, eh, I, I just don't believe that part. But I do believe your apathy. You don't right know now. me. I believe the apathy towards the situation. 
at the moment. All right, I'll, at I'll, the I'll moment. Do it so so you so you can stop <laughs> at the moment. I, like you with Activision Blizzard, I'm tired of hearing about Titanfall three not happening. And the next time Vince says anything about Titanfall three, it's better be we we're in a proof of concept phase. I will accept that. Moving on from talking about respawn to well talking about respawn, and this one isn't uh it's not a great story for the studio. Let's just say that Star Wars Jedi Survivor is getting a ton of bad reviews over on Steam due to performance issues. And if you're having performance issues, you should check out our sponsor this week. We wait. We don't have a sponsor this week. Woo! That would have been a great. You know, time to put one in there. That would be awesome. Anyway, Jedi Survivor is performing terribly on PC. As for the game itself, apart from those aforementioned issues, it seems like Jedi Survivor, the gameplay, the story, and all that, is being received rather well. Seems like a great sequel to what many consider to be one of the better single-player games over the past several years. Michael, you are far more technical than me, and you play on PC much more than I do. Can you give the audience and myself a better understanding? Can you elaborate a bit on what's going on here? Why people seem to be so frustrated with the PC launch and what exactly the issues are? So when it comes to Jedi Survivor, uh, there was a day one patch, like all games have nowadays, uh, that helped build, uh, I'm sorry, that helped remedy some of these things. Uh, but one of the problems was frame rate. Apparently, in certain sections, the frame rate would just absolutely shit the bed and would just go lower than 60 frames. Uh, and anybody who plays on PC knows that if you have frame rate issues, anything can go wrong, uh, including torn screens, which people also complain that there's a lot of screen tearing, even when using a PC or I'm sorry, a monitor and TV that has uh, VRR, uh, variable refresh rate. So that's actually a pretty bad bug to have. On top of that, some people have also uh, said that they've had crashing issues, and I've only seen one, one person complaining that they had issues getting past the loading screen. So that's one of the uh, weirdest things on there. And PC Gamer themselves... Uh, was saying that the game is like the sixth AAA game to be released broken on PC at launch. Uh, and that's from one of the reviewers, not PC Gamer themselves, but from someone who's reviewing the game. And reviewers, while they're still giving the game nines and eights, uh, even they're like, yeah, there's been performance issues. Uh, there's been bugs. There's been, I, oh, what was it? One person even talked about how uh, loading was so bad at one point. It only happened to them one time. That while they were playing, they accidentally, when the frame rate came back to a playable state, they accidentally ran off the edge of the world so, or <laughs> of the uh, the level. So it's like, ouch, that's, that's weird. And is all this, also, sorry to interrupt you here, but is all yeah, this ahead. on PC or is this also some console stuff? Uh, this is mostly PC, but okay. a couple of people have said that they've had uh, frame rate issues on PS5. But because I feel like that is important to stay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. Uh, so very few people have actually complained about on the PS5. This is it's mostly PC for some reason that's having this uh, these these problems. Uh, I guess it doesn't help that EA has also put up a roadblock to where if you don't have the latest patch uh, to the game, 
you actually can't progress through the story mission. So that's one thing people are complaining about. So it's like, that's it's just, it's really, it's, it, the PC version of Star Wars Jedi Survivors in a, like, a really weird state. Because a lot of people actually aren't having problems. That's also another thing to bring up. Like, not everybody's having this problem. It's not a universal thing. It just seems to be one of those weird bugs that affects some people. And even the screen turn problem was happening to people who were running an RTX 4090. So it's not like they had mid-grade PCs like me. Uh, there's a lot of people with some high-end PCs that's having problems. And for some reason, the people on, people on Steam have no issues telling you that they've had problems. And they, they will absolutely destroy your game with bad ratings. And that's what's happening on Steam right now. Is that there's a bunch of people giving them negative reviews on there. And that was my puppy. <laughs> and uh, What does your puppy have to say about this? I think he fainted. He's not oh, very happy no. either. There you go. Say what you did, Respawn. Yeah, look at you. You hurt my puppy. Uh, there are people who played between 3 to 10 hours, and their biggest problem was frame rate and some performance issues. But other than that, the load times is fast, except for that one person who couldn't get past the loading screen. And people are loving the graphics. People are loving the gameplay. But uh, hopefully they can clean up some of the uh, frame rate issues they were having. But other than that, yeah. If you're playing on PS5 and Xbox, apparently you're not having as much problems as PC players. To kind of compare this, and I don't know if there's enough out there to properly compare this, where does this rank, like, among, like, is this, like, one of those, like, no, it's just having PC issues. Is this, like, a, oh, no, this is one of the all-time worst, like, the Arkham Knights, the Cyberpunk 2077? No, it's nowhere near that. It's, it's, It's just... Is one of those things that let me let me throw this in here just so it helps you for future reference. It's nowhere near that yet. <laughs> just to throw that in there so you don't look like a complete idiot if things do happen to go off the rails. But continue. PC launch wise, it's definitely no Batman Arkham Knight. All right, for anybody who's played that game on PC, knows it was notorious. WB is notorious for doing bad PC ports. Um. But it's nowhere near as bad as that. Well, I guess except for the one person who fell off the uh, the level because of their frame rate issue. Uh, but it's definitely not to the point to where it will keep people from playing the game. Uh, but it's definitely something that's like, wow, this was a hyped up game. It was a AAA game. Even after the first day patch, we're going to have some frame rate issues. And uh, it's just, it, for a lot of people, it's like, I did not spend five six eight thousand dollars on a pc for it to run like it's like i'm playing this on an xbox one uh, so for a lot of players they actually i'm um, looking it up now uh, somebody showed a crash that they had uh to say it's an unexpected error this is within the game now unexpected error you seem to have bypassed certain story elements continuing to play from this point may encounter issues if you choose to proceed anyway Loading any future saves from the title screen will give you the option to reload prior to this point. Reload from the save point, and you can load, which will allow you to continue from the last good save. That's what the game says now. It calls it the last good save. You may lose some progress, but will avoid game-breaking issues. And there's also the option to proceed anyway. Continue in the broken state. This is not recommended. This is likely. This will likely be broken. And it's just, wow. 
it's just kind of weird that these kind of errors are popping up in the game. Yeah, and I'm sure, like, there's some of this, too, that's not just... I'm not trying to, like, downplay the issues at all. Like, No, no, no. Well, the thing is, uh, EA actually uh, responded to... Well, that's what I was going to get to. I feel like EA being at the helm is certainly like a... Fucking knew it. (laughs) It's a EA game. That's what I was trying to get to. I'm not trying to downplay, like, there's PC issues. But I feel like that is not, like, the root cause. But I feel like that's just an icing on top. You know? Where it's like, of fucking course EA published this game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sorry, but EA is it's just like Ubisoft. There's no point in getting their stuff day one. I wait a while uh, for them to start some of their patches before I start playing some of their games. You and I, I think the last EA game we talked about on here uh, was Madden. Madden 23. Hey, we don't and, like to talk about that. Yeah, and both of our experience was just, eh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so like we we don't really talk about EA games like that in a, in uh in deep dives very often, and it's a good thing we didn't decide to do Jedi Survivor because of Fourth of, uh, May Fourth is coming up, uh because man I think you and I would have had just a horrible time trying to get through it and be like, hey let's talk about this game, uh but um you want to hear uh, EA's response before we move on? What's EA's response? So, from EA, quote, We are aware that Star Wars Jedi Survivor isn't performing to our standards for a percentage of our PC players. In particular, those with high-end machines or certain specific configurations. For example, players are using cutting-edge, multi-threaded chipsets designed for Windows 11 or encountering problems on Windows 10. Or high-end GPUs coupled with lower-performing CPUs also saw unexpected frame loss. Rest assured, we are working to address these cases quickly. While there is no single comprehensive solution for PC performance, the team has been working on fixes we believe will improve performances across a spectrum of configurations. We are committed to fixing these issues as soon as possible, but each patch requires significant testing to ensure we don't introduce new problems. Thanks for understanding and apologies to any of our players experiencing these issues. We will continue to monitor performance across all platforms and share update timing as soon as it is available. The Star Wars team, end quote. So this is real quick for them to acknowledge that there was issues. And like I was saying, uh, people 49, RTX 4090s were having problems. Mine is mid-grade in comparison. I have a 3060, but I have a i9, a 10th gen i9 CPU in there. Uh, so. While it isn't designed specifically for Windows 11, the point that it is encountering problems on Windows 10 uh, with high-end CPUs or even high-end GPUs with lower-performing CPUs, what is lower-performing? Like, are we talking about i5s? Because i7s are still pretty good. Like, AMD also makes some pretty good stuff. So, like, what's what's this low CPU? I want to know more about this. They don't give enough information. Yeah, man. I'm glad you brought that statement up. It feels like a nice bow on the situation. Hopefully, the game does improve for PC players because by most accounts, it seems like the game's great. Gameplay seems to be improved. It seems that they added some fighting stances for Cal. There's a lot more customization. Open There's world. gameplay. Yeah, I mean, just 
it sucks that the story around the game right now is these performance issues. Yeah. While we're on the subject in Star Wars, I came up with a little mini Clash of the Stash idea for us. Michael, you and I are gearing up for a high-stakes tag team matchup against the Affable Chat podcast, where we'll be pitching three video games that we think could be properly adapted to movies or TV. So, here's a bit of practice for us. Have a fun topic to end the show on. And since, you know, the last story was a bit of a bummer with, you know, PC ports being god-awful. So, getting back into this Clash of Stash idea, here's the bit of practice for us. We're both going to be given full control over making three Star Wars games. We decide what the genre it's going to be, a basic overview of what it would be about, and all that. However, because we're not trying to be here for the next hour, let's keep our pitches pretty short. (laughs) Uh, We're mainly just throwing out ideas anyway and not getting into nitty-gritty of developers that we'd like to be making this idea or a publisher or anything like that. With that out of the way, Michael, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Uh, Well, I guess I'll start off. Okay. If I had a chance to do a Star Wars game. I would bring back 1313. I'm going to beat you to it because I'm pretty sure that's something you're going to try to say. Uh, so I'm going to go first. I would bring back I would bring back Star Wars 1313 and have that game redone, bring back all the old concepts that they had, try to find as much of the old team as possible, and have them finish that work up. Because I, think, I still think being the bounty hunter would have been awesome, and I still want to try that game out. So my pitch would be, to bring back the original team, director and all. Amy was actually part of that team, wasn't she? Yeah, I think Amy Hennig was the uh, creative director there. Yeah, see, I would bring everybody back, and I would have them uh, be able to redo it, have it run only on uh, Series X, PlayStation 5, and of course high-end PCs, and, you know, no microtransactions, no multiplayer, Straight single player story driven game. I really like that idea. Mine was mine are far more basic, I think, than yours, which is a hilarious <laughs> <Basic>. contrast. <laughs> I, it's a hilarious contrast because usually I'm the one who goes into far more detail and clashes. And this one I wanted to go pretty basic. So, since you brought up a single player, I really like your idea, by the way. I think that game had so much potential and oh, it just got shelved for a myriad of reasons by the way. But besides the point, getting into my first idea here, since you brought up a action RPG that was once in development and got shelved, my pitch here, my first one, a Star Wars action RPG focused on either like a plot point from the old Republic era, which I still do not know. I know that they just announced like they're going to be doing something from the old Republic in movies, but it it's dumb how it took them this long. This era has been just sitting there for the taking for years and Disney's just been like, eh, we're good. <laughs> Besides the point, uh, doing a action RPG focused on a plot point from the old Republic or the prequels in just getting specifics of what I was thinking in my head I was kind of thinking like a Shadow of Mordor kind of action RPG with Mace Windu after the events of Episode 3 to where he survives it and he's just hunting down 
the Empire on his own. Yeah. Going for that 1v1 with Vader, like, of course, we would know what would happen in that fight, but... No, yeah, Vader, Vader will win. I'm, I'm sorry. Mace is awesome. Mace is awesome. We talked about this in our... I, this should be the upcoming episode of Nerds Talk Movies, where we talk about Revenge of the Sith. But Mace Windu is a fan favorite because of Samuel L. Jackson and his charisma. Because Mace Windu as a character, and I stand by it, is a bit of a dick throughout the entirety (laughs) of Clone Wars and the prequels. So I think having a video game be about him and his character, maybe that could help turn that around a bit as well. And it would be more tragic because you know probably the end for this would be Mace Windu dying at the hands of Vader. But I think you can have a lot of fun with like a Shadow of Mordor kind of style, like you're hunting down these stormtroopers and Imperials all to get at the head of the Empire here, which is Palpatine and Vader. Hmm. That would I don't know, you said yours was basic. I don't know, that sounds like that sounds like a big development. Uh it sounded there, basic. So. I went off the cuff with that. <laughs> I didn't have the whole Shadow of Mordor thing in there. That was just... Oh, okay, alright. I had the Mace Windu part, and that was it, in terms of what I wrote down. I mean, I like the idea. I think it would definitely add more context to uh, Mace Windu's story, because the most badass we've seen him was during uh, Gany Tchaikovsky's uh, uh, Clone Wars uh, saga. The the Clone Wars period is the coolest he's been. In terms yeah, of action. Like, and that sounds shot to Samuel Jackson. That needs to be very clear. No, 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 no. He's the reason, like, it was Yeah, he's the reason the like, character's a fan favorite, period. Yeah, it's like, oh, like, oh Samuel Jackson being a Jedi? Yeah, I want to see more of that. Like, It's the writing of him being an antagonist the entire time towards Anakin. The Anakin, who ends up being the villain of the prequels, you're still sitting there and going, Mace, can you just dial it back a good four or five notches and you don't have a potential adversary on your hands here like just quit yeah. being a dick <laughs> he was definitely one of the grumpier uh uh you know, jedi masters so I, again going back to the game pitch here i think something like a action rpg with mace at the helm maybe you can get samuel jackson to voice mace windu and you could have something that'd be pretty cool to where you're like oh man this is a nice final everybody's been wanting like a mace windu project of some sort like there was that fan series with vader where they teased a mace versus vader fight and i i think that's something people would be really excited to see yeah that'd be kind of cool dang man you said yours was basic now you make my number two look basic as hell uh what i would do if i had unlimited budget and i was able to create a team of my dreams i would actually uh hire and outsource from multiple um multiple studios and do a anthology kind of game uh kind of like star wars uh visions from disney plus i would love to do something like that to where you can get different storytellers different art style different graphics uh into one game are you pitching what is that is it called everywhere that game uh-huh. that's coming out, that's going to be like a game engine or something. Like it's oh, very confusing. Where you can, where people can like switch up between different yeah. worlds. Is this yeah. what you're pitching here right now with Star Wars? Because I'm fucking in. Wow, you know, I didn't even think about that, but uh, kind of like that, yeah. Except for when you press a button, you go to a different world. Like you just play each level, 
and they all okay. they, they have separate stories. So like one development have like a two to five hour game, another one can do like five to ten hours. You know, like everybody can have their version of the Star Wars story, but they don't have to worry about making this huge expensive thing. They can just tell a story and be good with it. But if somebody can do an RPG, one person can do a strategy game, somebody else can do an open world game. You know, I think it'd be like a cool experiment uh, to bring a bunch of developers together and have them do like uh, fun, short, story-driven games within the world of Star Wars. Like that would be my pitch if I had unlimited money. I would hire at least five to ten different studios to come in and make an anthology story uh, for this video game. And I don't know, I'd probably call it Stories of the Galaxy, an anthology series or something. You know, that, I don't know. And it can be expanded with DLC from other, from more stories from other developers or even sequels. Star Wars: Tales from the Galaxy. Isn't it already a game? No, there's uh, Tales of Jedi. No, no, isn't that their VR game? No, no I have no idea. I just threw that out there. I legitimately <laughs> do not know that was actually a Star Wars IP already. But now I really like it. I, I love the idea of just making several standalone things that could just stand on their own and other developers can come in and be like, hey, I have this cool thing for a Star Wars. Because that's the thing about Star Wars I think everybody latches on to. That it has unlimited storytelling. Yeah, potential. it's unlimited storytelling potential, and it's so just creative that I think everybody, no matter who you are, can latch onto something and be like, "That sound, that looks cool as shit." Like some people are in it for lightsabers, some people like the Han Solo kind of characters, some people, hilariously enough, like the like the political aspects of like the empire crashing down or the Republic crashing down and the empire rising up from it and find that stuff compelling. And I'm not going to lie. That's one of the things I liked about the prequel movies. Yeah. They kind of had a more political take on the actual star Wars universe. That's what I'm saying. Like this is a universe that has just potential for anything. Like you can get Westerns out of it. You can go crazy sci-fi. Like there's so much you could do, and it just depends on the people who are creating a project. Be like, all right, what do we want to do? Okay, is it going to break the foundations of what Star Wars is? Because it, I don't think it. It's very hard to do that. I think, and that's another part. Like, not only is there just so much, it's just there's very little you could do. Like, if you're making a Marvel game, you have to do certain things to make a Marvel game. You know, yeah, yeah. Or you're going to break what Marvel is, and nobody's going to like it. Star Wars, I feel like, is more expansive. It's more just open to do, like, hey, I want to do this thing on this other side of the galaxy. Who knows what's there? You can do it. Yeah, that's what, that's what I love about Star Wars as well. So yeah. Everybody can have their own take. Like, there's lore to it, but like, you can still have like your own take on things. You can create your own new character, new planets, new creatures. In fact, that's the one thing I liked about the sequels, um, even though they weren't really the best, I love that the directors were able to create new creatures and expand on like just some of the silly stuff within the universe and some of the more serious stuff, and it was just fantastic. Um, and by the way, uh, that thing I was talking about, the VR game, is called Tales of the Galaxy's Edge. Ah. Uh, Same close. difference, but... Uh. <laughs> Fairly close. But speaking of just being able to tell standalone stories, my next pitch is very basic 
But I think it's one that I think a lot of people will be that. like, sure, this sounds... I don't awesome. think you know what that word means. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a Star Wars action... Uh, not Star Wars action. A Star Wars adventure RPG in the same style as Mass Effect. Again, pretty straightforward. An original Star Wars story idea, not unlike what Respawn is doing with Cal Kestis, but in a Mass Effect RPG way. So since Bioware made Mass Effect and KOTOR, basically what I'm pitching here is a mashup between KOTOR and Mass Effect. To where you're telling... I would do a little less Jedi and Sith and maybe more of a... There's another threat in the galaxy in a certain time period and you're these ragtag group of people trying to save the galaxy or some kind of other story that does not connect to the Skywalker saga. And if it does, in very minor ways. Are you had me? Except for the whole tied to Skywalker deal. I mean, I know we already said that with like Star Wars when it came to uh, Mace Windu. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you can if you want to. It's not like it has to be done. But it couldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It couldn't be anything massive or major to be like, oh, that breaks this episode or it breaks this thing. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, who'd you actually have developed something like that? That's a fantastic question, and I think that answer depends on how great the next Mass Effect game is. <laughs> because my answer, I want it to be Bioware. So badly. Now remember, this is new Bioware. Oh, Bioware I know. Is gone. That's my point. It depends if new Bioware can step up to the plate and genuinely put out a fantastic Mass Effect game. If they can do that, I honestly would not be too upset with them doing something like a Star Wars Mass Effect kind of title. Okay. Uh, as for other developers, it's going to sound outside the box. It's going to sound weird. It's going to sound also a little generic. You're going to go Remedy? CD? Wait, who? CD Project Red. The reason why I would say that is because they already have some experience with a RPG kind of title. And I think giving them the idea of like, okay, you guys have a Star Wars license. What's your idea? I'm just curious to see what they come up with. I mean, I know Cyberpunk wasn't everybody's cup of tea, but it was pretty creative. Yeah, that's the thing. CD Project Red only had like one bad like kind of go all right like i still think they did great with witcher especially since nobody believed that the witcher game was even going to be a thing uh so i don't th- i don't think they i don't think cd project red should be lambasted just because of what happened with with uh with cyberpunk i, I think they deserve another chance so yeah I, I would like to see them take on your star wars version yeah it and that does sound generic like the reason why i throw out like a bioware and cd is because for a game that I'm pitching there, that would be like, yeah, it's a massive Mass Effect KOTOR kind of mashup. It's got to be a big developer. It can't just be like, oh, yeah, this double-A studio here that I really love. That doesn't work, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So it's got to be somebody with a lot of resources. It's got to be a studio with a lot of resources. So, And that's why I threw those two out there. And honestly, if I had to throw a third, I know... I just said what I said about like it's gotta be a massive studio but <laughs> I really do love Respawn I'd be curious to see what Respawn could do Respawn is growing and they yeah. obviously have some uh, uh, experience with Star Wars 
So yeah, I mean that's that's a logical team to put together. Yeah, I I could see I could see uh, respawn doing something like that. What's your third? As for me, on my third, I I know I hate these kind of things, and you're probably gonna laugh at me about this, but I would actually create a free to play Star Wars Battlefront esque game. Now, for me, instead of just having straight blasters, uh, I want to put in a little bit of Jedi Knight in there because I know that's a fan favorite for so many people within Star Wars. And I think that something like that would work uh, instead of just going completely Battlefront. Uh, have it to where it's mostly melee class uh, to where players can actually create and run their own army. So like if you're part of Sith, uh, you can actually take control of uh, some of the uh, stormtroopers and lead them into battle while uh, the Jedis are able to take clone troopers and take them into battle. Kind of have like an RTS kind of deal going on. Now, whether it be first person or third person, I'm not really sure. I guess that'd be something we'll test out. But I kind of want to do this free-to-play RTS hybrid kind of thing because I think Star Wars fits that so well. Because I would like to have battles to where people like kind of recreate uh, the Clone Wars saga, especially in the arena with uh, General Grievous. I don't know why, but I just find it so funny to have people go out of their way for content creation to recreate uh, Obi-Wan versus Grievous. And I would love to see that. And I would definitely get a team that's used to doing MMOs, like somebody who's used to doing massive scale games. Uh, it's not going to be in the realm of civilization. Players can come in; they can uh, create their own Sith or their own Jedi. You know, you could be your you could mm-hmm. be your character. Uh, you could be your own little OC. Um, you can also play legacy characters like Grievous okay. and uh, Obi Wan and uh, Count Dooku and uh, Mace Windu. Uh, but I think a lot of people are going to find enjoyment out of teaming up with their friends, creating their own army of Sith and Jedi. Uh, taking control of stormtroopers and clone troopers, and just going to war. Uh, I I think you know what it just popped up to me. Uh, a reminder of the game. You remember Brutal Legends? Vaguely remember it. Yeah, yeah. It was made by Tim Schafer and uh, starred Jack Black as this roadie who ends up uh, getting teleported to like this metal as hell world. Uh, to where yeah. he has to lead an army to fight demons and whatnot, and he has a guitar that's part axe, and he has powers like being able to uh, call down lightning. It's really awesome. It had a really cool uh, action hack and slash uh, mixed with some RTS, and I want to do something close to like that. Make it free to play, uh, so you know you can do battle passes to where you can unlock outfits and all the kind of goofy shit. I don't really care. Uh, I'll leave that up to CFOs to figure out. But I think something like that would be a pretty cool game to uh to to to, to play with friends, you know. Everybody gets to especially uh streamers and content creators, I think they're gonna find a great way uh to make some pretty cool stuff out of that. I quite love that idea. I think that is arguably your best and worst because <laughs> of one key element there. I have no idea what developer I would like to do for it. No, free to, the free-to-play part. <laughs> but Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Uh, it's because I kind of had an idea that kind of like an MMO kind of thing. But something like this, I don't think a whole lot of people, without single player, 
being involved. I don't think a whole lot of people latch on to this idea uh, because it is kind of like like with Battlefront to where it, was, where it is online focus. And with gaming nowadays, if you're doing online focus only, people are going to expect to be free to play. Yeah. I really do love the idea of like a free to play Star Wars game. And talking about Star Wars games in general, I feel like they never live up to their potential. And I'm not saying in terms of like, oh, Jedi Survivor, Fallen Order, or The Force Unleashed, like they didn't live up to potential. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the quantity of them. Because you, you know, it feels like you rarely see a Star Wars game. Like every few years, you're like, oh, that's cool. They're making a new Star Wars game. Why don't we see more? Yeah, we really have more misses than hits when it comes to Star Wars. I do really like your pitch of a free-to-play multiplayer game. I feel like that's something that would get people not only probably paying for stuff, because that's a massive fan base, but it would also get people (laughs) playing Star Wars and getting possibly invested into more Star Wars content. For example, talking about Jedi Survivor here, Mandalorian Season 3 ended a week before Jedi Survivor came out. I do think there's a lot of people who watched The Mandalorian, and whether or not you loved this season, you thought it was just fun, or you didn't care for it, you might have that Star Wars itch to where you're like, you know what, I don't play a Star Wars thing, I'm going to buy Jedi Survivor. And I can see a lot of that there too with like a free-to-play Star Wars game, and then the next Star Wars game comes along and it's like, I got this itch, I want to play this Star Wars game now. As for my last pick, though, this is one that I've been pitching for years. I have been nonstop every time that I play this game. I tell my friends about it, and they go, Taylor, shut the fuck up. This is like the 80th time you've suggested it. A Star Wars fighting game in the same style as For Honor. You know, oh gosh, I didn't even think about that. A 4v4 or something similar fighting game in the same style as For Honor, just like I said, meaning there's a focus on combat, duels, character types, and customization. It would not be free to play. This would be actually, you know, a fully-fledged game. You could add more content like you did with For Honor, like you did with Rainbow Six Siege if you're Ubisoft, and I don't know if I'd give Ubisoft this game because I don't really trust Ubisoft with anything these days. But I think there's so much potential in a Star Wars lightsaber fighting game that focuses on the combat, and then you're fighting with other players. You could do something like the uh, minions, could be stormtroopers or droids, and then you could do uh, clones and like all that kind of stuff. I feel like it's just it's sitting right there to be done. Okay. Also, I know I know we have our problem with Ubisoft, but Ubisoft does a good job with uh, not only promoting but continuously uh, put out new stuff for their. For their online games. So I think Ubisoft would actually be a pretty decent pick for that one. I agree, but I just can't say it out loud. I well, can't I, say I, Ubisoft I, I will. would be good. I, I just can't finish that sentence. Well, <laughs> I will. I mean, look at Fort. You brought up For Honor. You know, that's the one you're basing it off of. For Honor's on, on what, what, year seven? I think year six or year seven. Year six. And it's just like, I didn't think anybody was actually still playing that game. But here they are, like, still doing events, still bringing in new stuff. So, yeah, I can actually see Ubisoft at least supporting 
the ongoing development and uh, bringing in new stuff often. Yeah, so those are six pitches for video games in the Star Wars universe. Hire us. <laughs> we'll see how uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> but hopefully, anybody listening got some enjoyment out of those six pitches. Uh, it was a lot of fun just thinking about it. It was a nice little practice exercise because you and me, we gotta we gotta get together here. We gotta figure out what our strategy is gonna be because we can't lose at our own podcast basically we can't lose a clash of the stash it's our thing so no. we got a neutral party who's judging it too so we we cannot lose i think this practice exercise was pretty good for both of us here so uh let's go ahead and get out of here things. so michael real quick what are you working on where can people find it i am working on a couple of videos one of them uh being a demo preview uh, right now, I'm also working on a couple of uh, news articles over at Bago Games, and uh, the one of the the demo that I'm working on is called Shattered Heaven. By the way, I just noticed I didn't say what I was working, what video I was working on. I was working on a video for Shattered Heavens, and you can find it over at Bago Games pretty soon. And you can find me online on Twitch at Fox Daddy. That's F zero X D A D D Y. You can also find me on Twitter at M underscore M-O-S-L-E-Y underscore J-R. What about you, Taylor? What have you been working on, buddy? I am working on these podcasts here, working on some more Clash of the Stash episodes in the future, working on Nerds Talk Movie News. We're going to be getting that off the ground here very shortly. And also, you can find me in our Discord, the link for which is in the description of this very episode. Also, please consider leaving us a rating. It would be tremendous if it was a positive one. I am going to be unavailable next week, so unless we do a streamlined show, like Power Up in Game number 50, we probably won't have a new episode next week. Uh, But we will be back the following week with some more gaming news. We'll see you then.